The NFL regular season is finally done. So that means just like the Golden Globes, we are handing out the awards for the 2023 season. Hopefully, our hosts will be a little bit better than theirs. But we have the Fantasy <laughs> Football Awards for 20. 20- 23. I am Cameron Lawrence, and I am joined by my friend, my pal, my guy, Mr. Tyler Plath. And we are ready to discuss who won the biggest awards this season. We're talking biggest boss, biggest steal, waiver wire pickup of the year, surprise of the year, rookie of the year, and of course, the coveted fantasy MVP. Before we dive on in, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications. If you're on the um, podcast, Tyler, you're just laughing. You're throwing me off here, dude. I'm on a roll right now. You were. You just threw the most unnecessary shot at Joe Coy I've ever heard. That hey, was amazing. I, I'm just. I was just ready for this. Uh, <laughs> usually on our intros, I have like 17 times to try this. This was first cut, first try. This is by the best I've ever had. And Ty ruins it by laughing. Uh, but who cares? Uh, if you're on if you're on the <laughs> audio podcast, make sure you give us a follow. We're not going to waste any more time. Let's dive in to the Fantasy Football Awards for 2023. Alrighty, real quick, how this is going to work. We are going to read off our four finalists. We put out polls on our Instagram story yesterday we are going to give you the people's choice for each of these and then me and ty will discuss a little bit if we agree with people if we disagree with people we're going to start out with everyone's favorite award the biggest bust and our four candidates are damian pierce miles sanders austin eckler and travis kelsey obviously nobody wants to win this award this is the award you hope you stay away it's the first year in the in last three that we haven't had Allen Robinson on this list. So congratulations, a Rob, Yeah, decreasing your role enough where you're not important enough to be on the list. Um, but without further ado, our winner for we don't have a drum roll. We need a drum roll. Our winner for the biggest bust is Mr. Austin Eckler with 64 percent of the votes travis kelsey came in second with 20 percent of the vote votes damian pierce third with nine percent and miles sanders fourth with eight percent tyler i will ask you what do you think of the people's choice here do you agree with eckler do you agree with um their order on this what do you think i i get why people said austin eckler because you spent a top five pick on the guy yep. you were, <clears throat> you took him to be the guy to be the, you know, the, the highest scorer on your team. And he certainly did not live up to that. He finished what is a running back 26 on the year, mm-hmm. only averaging 13 fancy points a game, which is, which is more than some of the guys that he's finished around. Right. You look at Chuba Hubbard, you look at Javante mm-hmm. Williams, right. Those guys are averaging like 10, 11, <laughs> But the fact that Austin Eckler, you know, he had his injury spell where he missed four games. There, there was, we did not see the Austin Eckler of old. And mm. that let a lot of people down this year because that's what you were expecting from Austin Eckler. 
Yeah, I would agree. It's just we we look at his stats on the season. He was the running back 20, I think I want to say 25 in points per game, running back 26 right. on the season. Um, he had 179 carries, only 628 yards, and only 3.5 yards per carry, um, which, you know, just is not something we've seen from him. He only had five touchdowns this year, which obviously is way down only had 50 receptions only 74 targets um and then he only added another one touchdown through the year that you know that, that's just very uncharacteristic from a guy that we've seen 20 plus touchdowns two years in a row from so obviously you were hurting you were hurting big time uh if you took austin eckler the other guy that surprised me on this list is travis kelsey mm-hmm. and so for me personally i i don't know if i would have had travis kelsey in my top four uh, I'm shocked he was 20% of the vote. I understand that he, you know, he was tight end one, another, you know, top six pick. The dude was still tight end one in um, points per game. Like, okay, I get it. You know, you're expect because it's because you're expecting 18 and he gives you 14.6. Yep. We look at the first half of his season, it was phenomenal, right? He was a tight end one. He's averaging 20 point fans points per game. Um, but a lot like Stefan Diggs over the last half of the year just killed you. I mean, and I don't. I guess it's different from the tight end position because it doesn't necessarily kill you. But when you're counting on those points, it hurts. Uh, for us, I know our bust of the year was between Damian Pierce and Miles Sanders. Between us three fellows, those were the two guys that it came back to. I know I said Miles Sanders um, just because he gave you three games and that was it. And then he was you couldn't even have him on your roster really. Huh? Ty, I don't know who who would have been your pick for bu- biggest bust this year. So. Real quick, I just want to say this about Kelsey. I mean, I, I, I get the Kelsey part, too, because I think the, mm-hmm. the only argument that's really there for Kelsey is the fact that you took him in the first round for yes. positional advantage. You never got a positional advantage. So no. that's a, that's understandable. But the fact that he's still giving you 15 points from the tight end spot is still like, let's yeah. not go too crazy on that one. Now, to Damian Pierce and Miles Sanders, this is where I have to separate like the... <laughs> the bias that I'll call mm-hmm. of being right because all three of us were not in on Damian Pierce at yeah. all this year. I I was very in on Devin Singletary because I was like, he can overtake Damian Pierce in this offense. And sure enough, what happened by the end of the season's end. But we were, we were in on Miles Sanders quite a bit because we're like, there's no one else. And yeah. not only he, you know, he, Gave you one game with more than 15 points. One game besides the 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 17 point week he had. One game in double digits. Everything else was in single digits, and mm. I that was our sneaky candidate for the kind of mm-hmm. mid round running back that has you know the super great role and what could be you know the the big role that he's going to get. Mm. And he never came through on it. So personally, like as much as I want to say Damian Pierce because it makes us sound better, I'm going to be a little introspective and say Miles Sanders is probably my biggest bust of the year because, again, the guy only gave you two double-digit fantasy point finishes. Like Mm -hmm. it was a disastrous year for Miles Sanders. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's that That's really where I'm at is – 
my Miles Sanders, you know, I've been so out on him, and I finally decided to get in. And it was, you know, you look last year, twelve hundred yards in twenty twenty two, five over five yards per carry. Chuba Hubbard got beat up by Deonta Foreman this last, you know, in twenty twenty two. Couldn't even get the starting role then. They're talking about in the offseason. We want to get this guy fifty five to sixty catches this season, and so you're like. Okay, he's efficient. He's going to get the work and he's going to be involved in the passing game. What more don't you like? And he played those three games, got hurt, and just never saw the field again. And to Chuba Hubbard's credit, he played well. Like Mm -hmm. with what was given, obviously, I mean, they weren't a great team. So you weren't expecting him to average five yards per carry because they were just stacking the box against Bryce Young. But it was just, you know, we followed it on Miles Sanders, but it's there's a reason he's in the running back dead zone, right? It's because. There is there are these question marks about is Miles Sanders actually that guy that can command this? And he just what was not. And we followed the money, we did all that, but he just flat out was a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, you at we Lucas and I touched on this in our biggest takeaways when when I was talking about the wide receiver 20s from this past year. Mm-hmm. They were all disappointments except for one, and that was Brandon Ayuk, right? Yeah. And the common thread between all the other players was that because it was because they were on really bad offenses or they were aging or injuries mm-hmm. or of the sort, right? That's the it's it's a I mean, the dead zone is quite literally the riskiest part of your draft. You have to take a bet on somebody and you just mm-hmm. have to hope that you're right. Because if you you know, because again, you could have taken Damian Pierce and you paid for it. Yeah, or we avoided, so that looks like a win for us. But then we put our, you know, we had your bets, right? We put it on Miles Sanders, and that didn't work out for us either. So you, you know, it's the toughest part of your draft for a reason. And if you nailed your picks in that area, you probably won your league. Yeah, and I mean that's another hard hard thing about Damian Pierce is the offense was great this year. The Mm -hmm. offense was on fire; they were moving the ball all over the field, and he just could not. Um, you know, obviously injury injuries play a little bit of a factor. The fact that um, Devin Singletary comes in plays awesome, but that's part of football. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, enough doom and gloom. Let's let's move on to the biggest steal of the season. Our four finalists for this one: Raheem Mostert, Mike Evans, Alan Kamara, and Rashad White. And drum roll, please. Our winner of the biggest steal on the fan vote is Raheem Mostert with 61% of the vote votes. Uh, Rashad White at 17% of the votes. Uh, Mike Evans at 14% and Alvin Kamara at 7%. I think, I mean, this one makes a lot of sense. It's just right. Rashad White, Mike Evans, Alvin Kamara all had great seasons, but it's the fact that Raheem Mostert was taken five to six, seven rounds behind these guys. I mean, the 11th to the 13th round, depending on where you look, it's just the value is insane. And I think towards, as we got closer to the season, I I, I think you were the same way, especially in best ball drafts. I was starting to take a lot more Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. just because it was, Hey, He's going to be the number one guy probably with Devon A. Chain, you know, but you weren't expecting this even like I I in no way was expecting this from him. No, I, 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 I'm conveniently coming out with another top seven steals video diving in deep on, on the, the, the seven biggest steals, every single guy that was, you know, nominated for this biggest steal award is in this video. And Mm -hmm. It's because they're going at such a later price, I'll call it, later round, and they all delivered either top five or top ten 
you know, fantasy points for you. Again, and most of these guys, I shouldn't say most of these guys, because Moser was like 11th round. He was the beginning of the 11th round. Mm -hmm. But Alvin Kamara, Rashad White, and even Mike Evans, dead zone guys again, right? If you can nail these dead zone guys, Alvin Kamara, running back three in fantasy points per game. Rashad White, running back nine in fantasy points per game. Mike Evans, wide receiver, nine in fantasy points per game. If you nailed these picks, you won your league. And honestly, you know, as much as we want to make a big deal about building the most, you know, the the best roster possible from top to bottom, you can get a head start on that if you can find the biggest steal of the year. And if you got Raheem Mostert, you pretty much set yourself up for success. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, that's what it came down to is, I mean, I'm going to read his stat line real quick. He averaged 17.8 fantasy points per game. And you can say, oh, you know, you had the 50 point week. Okay. He's still, you know, he was still phenomenal every other week. Um, 209 carries, 1,000 yards, 4.8 yards per attempt. He had 18, t- 18, or no, 21 touchdowns, excuse me, this season, which is just wild. I'm um, at another 25 catches for 175 yards on the ground or on, through the air. Um, and obviously, you know, this, his season probably looks a lot different if H. Chain stays healthy. H. Chain mm-hmm. stays healthy. But that's what fantasy football is, right? It's, I mean, Raheem Mostert every year of his career hasn't stayed healthy, but he turns 31 and all of a sudden he's averaging five yards per carry, staying healthy. Um, And, you know, that's just, it's just something that's just mind blowing to me that he was able to stay healthy through this entire season. That he was able to keep that up. Yeah. Um, If we look at, go ahead. No, you you go ahead real quick. I was going to say, there were two players that were very, very close from being nominated in this Mm -hmm. award, too. Nico Collins, okay, mm-hmm. end of the 14th round. Yes. Wide receiver, eight and fantasy points per game. Very, very close. The other one, Sam Laporta, right? Tight end one on the year, tight end three and fantasy points per game, middle of the 14th round. Yeah. I have to think that the only reason why we left out Nico Collins and Sam Laporta, I can't necessarily say it's because they got lucky at their mm-hmm. price point that they did so well. But I think there was probably some expectation on our end that like we saw a way for these guys to be good. So yes. I think if you're sitting there and you're like, well, how come Nico Collins and Sam Laporta aren't there? Completely get that. Completely yeah. get that. But I think I, I at least I, that's what I when I look at some of the biggest deals, that's probably why Nico Collins, Sam Laporta are left off. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins is one that I think we could, could argue to really be on Sam Laporta. We left off to do to, he's going to be in this next category of the waiver wire pickup. Um, he was on waivers in more than 50% of leagues at the beginning of the season. So if you tell me, Hey, I drafted him. Well, okay. But it was 50. We're going off 50% of leagues was why he is the waiver wire pickup. You look at guys like Evans and Kamara, for us, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, this is just what they do. But for where they were drafted, like people were doubting them. Like, you know, yep. Kamara had the, you know, um, suspension. Evans it was like, oh, now we got Baker. We don't have Tom Brady anymore. He's getting older. We got the contracts up. And they came out and were awesome. Rashad White was another guy like, is he going to be able to take over the line? I mean, people were talking about Sean Tucker at the beginning of the season. Yeah, taking right. over this role. <laughs> and Rashad White was like, no, this is mine. He And he he said it before the season started because they're like, oh, maybe they'll draft Bijan. He's like, bring in whoever you want. I'm the starting guy. And he backed it up this year. He really mm-hmm. did. Um, But yeah, I agree. I think Neagle Collins really could be the one that would be in here. It'd be interesting to see what voting looks like. I think Mostert still wins. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think Nico kind of would close that gap a little bit more. Um, but I teased it. So let's move on to it. We have our waiver wire pickup of the year. And I think this is where we're going to talk probably the most mm-hmm. about all these players because we got some exciting guys on this list. This is Kyron Williams, Puka, Nakua, Jordan Love, and Nico Collins. Can we get a drum roll, please? Oh, that was terrible. Um, our winner for our waiver wire pickup is Mr. Kyron Williams yeah. at 48%. Puko is right behind him at 37%. Mm-hmm. Devon A. Chain um, at 8%. And Sam Laporta at 7%. Um, any surprise with this, this order right here, Ty? No, I, I think the one surprise is just how low Sam Laporta was compared to all the other ones. 48% of the vote went to Kyron. 37% of the vote, the vote went to Puka. 8% went to Devon Achan and seven went to Sam Laporta. I thought Laporta was going to get a little bit more love, but maybe, mm-hmm. maybe again, maybe that's where maybe we were off is that maybe Sam Laporta was drafted more than we yeah. expected. Right. Or, you know, I, we were going off of data. So we yeah. were just looking at numbers, but I wonder, yeah, it feels like Laporta probably is that kind of awkward in between of like, maybe some people thought he was drafted a ton. Some people thought he wasn't drafted enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's hard to argue with the top two guys on this right, list, right? right. Kyron exactly. Williams and Puka. And um, you look at Kyron Williams, 228 rush attempts, 1,144 yards, five yards per carry. I had 12 touchdowns on the ground, another 32 receptions, sure, 206 yards and three touchdowns. All in 12 games, he averaged 21.3 fantasy points per game, which is crazy because Alvin Kamara, who we just talked about, was third in running back points per game, and he had 17.9. Tyron Williams had 3.4 fantasy points a game, more than the running back two. And what's even crazier is Christian McCaffrey had another 3.2 fantasy points per game more than Kyron Williams. It's um, just shows you where, you know, Christian McCaffrey is, but for Kyron, I mean, the fact that he solidified uh, in 2022, he would have been, I think he would have been running back one. Um, If I'm nope, he would have been 0.6 points behind Austin Eckler for running back one in points per game in 2022. He would have won it in 2021, uh, which is pretty wild to think about. Just, I mean, he came, you talk about coming out of the middle of nowhere. He wasn't even supposed to start. He wasn't even supposed to get meaningful carries truly behind Cam Akers. And it took him like 35 seconds to take over Cam Akers spot. No, literally. And in and, and the, you know, Iron rarely cost you a week. Mm. It was only twice that he scored less than double digits. He had his IR spell. Yeah. But the fact that he was on waivers, you probably had your regular guy is still around. So when he went on IR, you were probably fine anyway. And then when he comes back, you know, first game back, no big deal. Just throws up a 38 burger. Right. And then he goes 2014, 24, 16, and then finishes the year with 30, right? Like he more than likely only cost you maybe one week. And that like, I, to get that off of waivers, right. To not have to go through the stress of finding that guy in the draft. It's kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And 
I want to let you talk about his teammate Puka a little bit because I know you were a you were a big Puka guy. I'm going to read his stat line off really quick because these are these are rookie records. So 105 receptions, rookie record, 160 targets. I don't that one might be a rookie record. I'm not 100 percent on that. 1486 yards. There's another rookie record. He had 14.2 yards per reception. Um, he had it's only six touchdowns, which is pretty crazy. Um, another 12 carries, 89 yards, averaged 17.6 fantasy points per game. Was the wide receiver four on the season tie? Tell us a little bit about this guy. And you know what? Let's let's give the people what they want. What is your outlook moving forward for Puka Nakua too? See, this is this is where it gets interesting because I really hope like you know, look, we do have to be kind of brutally honest about Puka a little bit. The guy, you know, once Cooper Cup came back, you know, week five and then was fully healthy in week six, here's his reception numbers per game. Four, eight, three, three, five, four, four, five, five, nine, five, four. There's not really a whole lot there to get super excited about with Cooper Cup back in the offense. And, you know, he did have his his games, right? Eight for 12 and 154, nine for 11 and 164, you know, and then he would sprinkle in a score here and there. I think a lot of people are going to place wide receiver one expectations on Puka next year. And maybe he can, right? Maybe mm-hmm. sophomore year, he can take another step forward another year in McVay's offense. I think we need to cautiously approach Puka next year, right? If Cooper cup is fully healthy, Matt Stafford is bad, right? Like, I just I I want us to be a little cautious that we're not putting again the wide receiver. You know he finished as a wide receiver four on the year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I want to be careful that we're not putting that expectation on him next year because I I think there is there is at least a reality where he doesn't return that kind of price tag next year. For sure, yeah, it'd be interesting. It's if it's got that feeling of like an Amon Ra. Um, Jalen Waddle kind of feeling, you know, going into that sophomore year where mm-hmm. both played very well, both had stretches. Um, and it's because it's it feels different, right, than Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson because the, you know they were like they were drafted to be that. Um, they were going to be the alphas in their you know offense again year two. It's just the dude put up fourteen hundred eighty six yards, you know. So I, I mean, that's the thought process too. Is if he was drafted as a first round wide receiver. You know, how are we discussing? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out next year. Devon Achan, another guy on this list, it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes yeah. in drafts next year. Um, because some people I know are going to be taking him very high. Yeah. Because they, you know, you saw the upside with it. And other people are going to be too, you know, other people are not going to touch him at all in drafts because of this first year. And we got to give our guy Sammy Ballgame a little bit of love here. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, you wish, Wish you could have made an award category just getting something, right? Um, 86 catches, 120 targets, 889 yards, 10 tutties, 14.1 fantasy points per game. Uh, tight end one overall in fantasy points score, tight end three in fantasy points per game behind only Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson. So it's pretty good breath to be in. This dude, I mean, he's going to be a guy that we're talking about in the first four rounds for sure next season. Um, maybe, you know, creeping up in that Mark Andrews range from this year. Oh, do we get a blockbuster tie? Is that, oh. is that what that face is? Whoa. Breaking news. The Titans are moving on from Mike Vrabel. Really? Yep. 
Wow. Did not expect that one. Oh, that's crazy. Talk about a guy who's going to get a head coaching job like that. He is going to. Yeah. Oh, wow. He'll be hired. He, that's going to be interesting now because, you know. Everyone's talking New England. Oh, yeah. No, I, mean, I see that. I could see that for sure. And that might, you know, expediate Bill being gone out of New England now, too, yep. of we move on from him. Wow, that's oh, wild, man. Oh, that means uh, Derrick Henry's pretty much said he's gone. He's I gone. Mean, not that it matters too much. Tannehill said he was gone. You know, D Hop's probably out as well. So he'll probably want, yeah, he'll probably want out. <laughs> it's going to be a full rebuild in Tennessee, like full, full rebuild in Tennessee this season. So wow. it, it should be interesting. Uh, maybe Traylon Burks figures it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of need him to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Back to St. Louis Porter, though. Yeah. Um, I, the guy, yeah, he's going to go in the first four rounds. The only, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this too. This was a fun fact that I found. Um, do you want to guess who the highest uh, rookie tight end was in fantasy football up until Sammy Laporta? Oh, I don't know. Who was it? It's Jeremy Shockey in 2002. That's so he gross. Was, he was the tight end four that year. That's so gross. Sam, like this was historic for a rookie yeah. tight end. And you want him to take another step forward next year. My only worry is one of two things. One, Ben Johnson leaves. Ben mm. Johnson leaves. What does this offense look like? And two, because Jamison Williams hasn't really turned out at all for the for you know the first round draft capital that the Lions spent on him, right? Mm-hmm. What if they bring in like another stud wide receiver? You know, yeah. That then gets really complicated because then you've got Jameer Gibbs, you've got David Montgomery in the backfield still too. Then you've got Amon Ra and potential stud wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Sam Laporta. That's five mm-hmm. people, and we have never I. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've never seen an offense be able to, you know, (laughs) handle five weapons of that kind of caliber and all return well in in fantasy. Yeah. And it'd be interesting too. Like you talk about Jamison Williams, it's going to be his first full offseason, right? You put him as a wide receiver three where he's just streaking down the field. You know, we could see it'd be interesting there. But I also, you know, don't think we can underestimate if Ben Johnson leaves. This, I mean, it could be huge for this office. We saw that with the Eagles this year, right? Shane Sykin's gone, and it was it has not been in pretty this, you know, especially the second half of the season for the Eagles. So definitely something to watch. We're not saying that it, you know, falls apart if Ben Johnson's gone, but there is a potential that you know it could be a little bit different. All right, we're gonna move on to surprise of the year. We have Rasheed Rice, Jordan Love, Nico Collins, and Kyron Williams. Once again, in this category, um, for surprise of the year, it's, you know, it's hard not to put him in surprise of the year as well. A uh, little drum roll, please. It's like Christmas vacation, <laughs> right? And the, doing the light show. In the <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need a producer. All right. Um, and the winner of biggest prize is Kyron Williams taking home his second award. This has been our closest one so far at 44% for Kyron. Nico Collins up at 34%. Jordan Love at 15%. And Rasheed Rice at 7%. I, you know, I, again, 
Tyron Williams, I think has to win this just because, you know, we're, we talked about him, you know, just a second ago, 21.3 fantasy points per game after, you know, not being drafted because nobody thought he was even going to be, a, you know, get meaningful touches on this team. So let, we're, we're, we won't talk too much about Kyron. Kyron, congratulations on your second award. But let's talk a little bit more on Mr. Nico Collins because he's a guy we said before the beginning of the year, hey, he could be our, he could be the sleeper of the year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, CJ Stroud plays well. He could be dynamic in this offense tight. What What are your thoughts on Nico Collins? What he did this season? How does that translate moving forward? Give it, give us a little bit on Nico Collins. Nico Collins, I worry, could be the most overpriced wide receiver next year. Mm-hmm. And it, the only reason why I'll say that is. I have to think Houston goes out and gets an elite weapon for CJ Stroud. And that's not, you know, you've seen it in the, in the past with at least uh, quarterbacks, second year quarterbacks. I think yeah. it's the second year quarterbacks teams go out and trade for a stud wide receiver. The first aim that comes to mind right away for whatever reason, this guy's always in trade conversations. Maybe that's not true for the league, but at least for fans, he is. Devontae Adams. Yo get Devontae Adams. He's just, oh, brother, right? Yeah. Saw Chicago make that. We, we saw Chicago make the DJ Moore trade and look how well that worked out for the most part. Yeah. Uh, AJ Brown, the Eagles a couple of years ago, right? Like it's a trend. And yeah worry is if you know maybe this is more best ball than it is like actual drafts you know actually draft we may know a better picture of what this wide receiver room will look like but Mm. man i mean nico collins has been probably your playoff hero right for this year really i really hope that they don't trade for because nico collins is so freaking good but yeah He's he's one that I'm uh, I'm probably the most concerned for going into next year in terms of just a price point. Yeah, and it's interesting too, right? Tank Dell getting hurt, you yep. know, after this year, after he was starting to go on a tear, you know. I mean, he was looking unbelievable, broke broke his leg, unfortunately, but he had 700 receiving yards in 11 games in his rookie season. Um, so you know, that's nothing to scoff at. Even if they don't bring in somebody, it's gonna you know, it's just gonna be interesting. How they go back and forth. Um, you know the other thing about Nico that I'm just looking, kind of putting together? Yeah. The guy had three games this year with at least 34 fantasy points. And all of those weeks, he finished as the wide receiver three. <laughs> he never had a wide receiver one finish. Poor guy. Five or 34, 35 points. That that's is ridiculous. that's ridiculous. That but is like crazy. I I don't I don't know if that's more so like uh hey, look how good wide receivers have been this year in fantasy football, yeah. or if it's more so just like the fact that Nico Collins, the guy that was going in the 14th round of your drafts, put up three games with at least 34 fantasy points. Yeah, for sure. And then Moving on to Jordan Love. Uh, he was a guy that surprised me. I was definitely out on Jordan Love at the beginning of the year. He was a guy I <laughs> <Yeah>, you were. <laughs> I did not believe in at all. I, I did not think that he would throw more than 25 touchdowns, and he threw a 33, I think. He was almost the NFL. Let me pull this up quick. He might have been. 32. He ended up with 32. He's second in the NFL 
um, just behind Dak Prescott. Um, 64% completion percentage, threw for 4,100 yards, ran for another 247, ran another four touchdowns, 36 total touchdowns, QB five on the year. Um, And he did it with, you know, kind of a ragtag group at the beginning of the year. Now, you know, you look at it, Jaden Reed looks like he's pretty good. You know, Dontavian Wicks stepped up in their last game against the Bears. Christian Watson, if he's actually on the field, is good. You know, he's good for the most part, right? I mean, but I still think at the same time, this is another team that could use a, you know, a weapon, a Devontae Adams, if you will. Um <laughs> Just because, right, the wide receivers have played good. The tight ends have played good. But at the same time, they're all, you know, young. They're not yet. I don't think any of them are yet alpha wide receivers. They're not every single game. You can rely on them no matter what. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think their ceiling is that either. Like, no, I, think I would agree. The role is very specific. I think Christian Watson is very specific as well. Romeo Dobbs mm-hmm. now seems like the depth piece, which is, I think, hilarious yeah. because everyone yeah. was like, it's it's Romeo Dobbs season now in Green Bay. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, like Green Bay is probably the one team that needs an alpha receiver, but they won't mm-hmm. because it's Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like, you know, Jordan Love's going to be the quarterback for at least the next four years, probably after they give him an extension here. I would assume they've seen enough bringing this team to the playoffs. Um, so definitely a surprise. And the last guy, Rasheed Rice, um, was on on here. You know, I think it's it's a little bit of a surprise just because a Kansas City wide receiver finally did something. Um, you know, he did something I should say f- for a rookie wide receiver, right? We're not we're not talking about Rasheed Rice as you know a top you know ten wide receiver, but still almost almost a thousand yards, seventy nine receptions, had another seven touchdowns. Um, 13.3 fantasy points per game. That, that's what you like to see moving forward, right? He looks he looks like the guy. Kansas City is definitely another team that, you know, they might go, hey, things weren't so great this year on offense. Um, we can't just rely on Travis Kelsey to carry the load. Um, so we might go get another wide receiver. But I don't know how much that actually takes away from Rasheed Rice either, right? I, I, I think he can still perform, and I think he can still be good with another wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, we were we have said maybe on the podcast, maybe it was just in our own little circle, but Rasheed Rice was this year's Amon Ross St. Brown. Like it wasn't even close. And uh in some in some ways you kind of hope that he stays on the same trajectory as Amon Ross St. Brown in the sense that like they don't bring in anyone else and that mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and Rasheed Rice just start this unreal connection that can last for another year's worth of fantasy relevancy. And mm-hmm. uh I mean the guy the guy was your play was probably the older like playoff hero, right? Yeah. 24, 14, 18, 24, 11, 17. Like yeah. you couldn't have asked for more during playoff time. Yeah, and it was nice to see the targets that second half of the season mm-hmm. 10, 9, 10, 9, 12, 6. Um you know obviously you know you're probably like like I said earlier, if they do bring in another wide receiver like they've been talking, it probably does hurt a little bit. I mean, you just have someone taking away targets. But, you know, it might help the offense move the ball more. Patrick Mahomes threw only 20, I think, 25 touchdowns this season after throwing 41 last year. Um, 27 this year after throwing 41 last year. So, you know, more touchdowns go around, stuff like that. I think at the same time, there's going to be a little give and take. I don't think, but I don't think it's the end of the world if they do add another 
wide receiver of this offense. All with that, we're going to take a quick break here from our friends with Underdog, and then we're going to finish up with Rookie of the Year in the Fantasy MVP. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, we love Underdog. It is the easiest place to play best ball formats, and they even have their own form of player props called Pick'em. You can make up to 20 times your money on a single night by correlating props together. Two picks will triple your money, three will six times it, four will ten times it, and five plays that all hit will multiply your entry by 20. You can even place insurance on your picks too, so if only four of your five props hit, you still get ten times your entry. And if you use our code FELLAS when signing up, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. And we're back with our last two awards me and tyler just kind of drummed this up really quick on our on that break but we're talking about mike frabel tyler where do you think my if you could have him go somewhere where would you have him go i'm tired of talking about this team but now when it comes to mike vrabel mike vrabel needs to go to the atlanta falcons asap and then if they bring in a guy like justin fields imagine that offense imagine that offense for fantasy we might actually get what we want from a fancy perspective it'd be beautiful all right just a little just a little hoping on our end yeah, there right. just a little hoping <laughs> all right let's jump into rookie of the year our former nominees jameer gibbs puka nakua Bijan robinson and sam laporta i think it's kind of wild that lucas threw Bijan robinson in here as one of the options but uh he was top 12 running back so you got to give him that you know i mean it's just and I think he, I think it is interesting to see how the people voted him. Um, but our winner of Rookie of the Year, brrr, Puka Nakua. Yeah, I don't think anybody was surprised by that. <laughs> Seventy-seven. <laughs> yeah, seventy-seven percent of the votes. Sam Laporta, fifteen percent of the votes. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, eight percent, and then Bijan got one percent of the votes. I think he had four votes total out of a little bit over 1600. So really sticking it in there, B. John, um, playing, playing well. Um, but yeah, we talked about Puka earlier, right? It was a record setting year. Laporta Gibbs both played very well, but you're just not topping Puka's rookie of the year. Um, Jameer Gibbs finishes what the running back 10 on the season, 16.1 points per game, running back eight in points per game. Um, Sam Laporta tight end one, but what Puka did is was just incredible. So, you know, hats off. This one wasn't too big of a shock. We talked about Laporta. Let's talk about Jameer Gibbs a little bit. I, I got to say, I'm very happy. He was, I pretty much based my entire offseason on Jameer Gibbs. And it, uh, I was, I was worried at first, those first couple of weeks, I was like, oh my gosh. They are going to be John Robinson, this guy, and not give him any carries. But then down the stretch, he really took control of this backfield. Um, you know, Dave Montgomery was still there. Dave Montgomery still got carries, but Gibbs was seeing carries. Gibbs saw just under a thousand rushing yards. Um, Gibbs saw 945 rushing yards on 5.2 yards per carry. He had another 52 receptions on 71 targets through the air for 316 yards and a tutty. So, you know, not much more you can ask for from uh, Jameer Gibbs um, there, you know, scoring 11 total touchdowns, 1,200 total yards. 
No, I mean, he came back from his injury, right? He missed week five, missed week six after what was probably a disappointing start to the season because you took him with pretty high expectations. But he comes back off the injury, running back three, running back one, running back two, running back three in four straight weeks. Three of those games, he had at least 26 fantasy points. And uh, he feels like another Kyron in some ways, but Kyron only did it in fewer times. You rarely lost because of Jameer Gibbs. And uh, he, he might have been a reason why you probably lost your fantasy championship if you played in week 17 because he only put up five points that week. <laughs> but the the thing is, I you know, I remember <laughs> I remember this like it was yesterday. I think it was the first time the Vikings were playing the Lions and Gibbs, because he finished two rushing touchdowns, I was like he scored for the second time, and a message came in Lucas, and I go. What was the point of signing David Montgomery? And they're yeah. like, there was no point. <laughs> it's like kind of, it's kind of like the 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 astronaut meme, right? <laughs> yeah, it never was. Um, but yeah, like Jameer Gibbs, sky's the limit for him next year. So I'm, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm, if he's going to get the amount of touches that he's getting and how efficient he is, why can it not be Jameer Gibbs season next year? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then B. John Robinson. You know, I was giving a little crap for B. John, but 1,500 total yards on the season. He, 50. Ooh. Yeah. No way. 1,500 total yards. He only had eight touchdowns. So that, you know, that's a big kicker. That's why he's down. He still finishes running back nine. He still had 4.6 yards per carry. Um, you know, and so 58 receptions, 86 targets still led the um, tie with Alvin Kamara for most targets. Um, among running backs, obviously Kamara only played 13 games, so that's a little bit different. But yeah, more total yards than Derrick Henry, more total yards than Kyron Williams. Obviously, Kyron Williams only played five less games, but more total yards than Joe Mixon, more total yards than Raheem Mostert. Um, so it, it felt disappointing, but obviously it's with the thought that we were hoping that this guy would be running back three, running back four on the season, averaging 18 points per game. You know, people are talking about his rookie Saquon Barkley. That's the way you're hoping. And honestly, honestly, that's who he could have been if they would have just given him the freaking ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank you, Arthur Smith. You ruined another guy three straight years. Hey, oh, Kyle Pitts is good. Let's ruin him. Drake London is good. Let's ruin him. Bijan Robinson is good. Oh, hey, I'm going to ruin him too. And now you're gone. So that's all I got to say about <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Arthur Smith because you ruin yeah. our fantasy seasons. Um, no, I I have to think that Bijan is now going to be the guy in this backfield with whoever those next coach is. Like, yes, Tyler Algier is nice. He, he sure give him seven, eight, nine carries a game. Mm-hmm. Don't give him fourteen and don't and give Bijan eleven. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that is that's malpractice, honestly. Yeah. And. I want to, I do want to take this time to issue a formal apology to Bijan. Did not recognize that you did put up 1500. I know that's what I was like. What the heck? That's cool. crazy so, talk. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that being said, though, um, he might actually benefit from a new quarterback because yeah. the fact that he put up 86 targets and had 58 receptions, yeah. like that's nearly 30 incompletions or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. The next running back that had that amount of uh, opportunities, not, I don't know how to phrase that. Um, Nobody as far as I'm concerned, like 
he nearly he could have had at least 10 more fantasy points and then he's probably looking at what running back seven eight running back six yeah six yeah like running back seven yeah i think Crazy. i think i think he's getting a little overshadowed by all the arthur smith hate time to appreciate some Bijan robinson and uh i will i I'm all the way in on B. John Robinson next year, but the problem is he's probably going to go within top five next year. Is he not? Yeah. I mean, you got to think, I mean, he's for sure top three running back. Um, right. It'll just depend on like where we value Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, um, Kyron Williams, guys like that, Jameer Gibbs even. But yeah, I, I mean, he's got, he, I cannot he, wait to have that Brees Hall, B. John Robinson talk next year. Oh, that's going to be phenomenal. I think so. I mean, they both, both looked great and it's, it's crazy. Look at carries. Um, all these players have more carries this season than B. John Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Rashad White, Joe Mixon, Kyron Williams in only 12 games, Derrick Henry, James Cook, uh, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, uh, Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, gosh, Najee Harris running back 23 and he had 255 carries, Chuba Hubbard, Josh Jacobs, um, Javante Williams, Devin Singletary um, had a, I think a, a more carries Devin Singletary more carries than B. John Robinson this year. Arthur Smith, you absolute idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. That is absolutely wild for a team that wants to establish the run. Alrighty, enough time on the malpractice of Arthur Smith. Let's talk about everybody's favorite award, fantasy MVP. We had Christian McCaffrey, Tyree Kill, CD Lamb, and then we had another category just in <laughs> case you wanted to throw someone in there. Either it was Kyron, Raheem Mostert. Whoever Sam Sam Laporta got a couple votes, um, and the winner of our fantasy MVP is brrr, CMC with a commanding seventy five percent of the votes. Um, CD Lamb came in next at twelve percent, and Tyreek had eleven um, percent just behind him. So, you know, that leaves 2% for others. So there you know, wasn't a ton in the other category. CMC, I think, you know, some people are like, well, yeah, he's expected to be that good. He was, but yet he scored 100 more fantasy points than the next closest running back. Like, what are you going to argue? <laughs> like, you want to talk about a positional advantage? Yeah. He was a positional advantage when there wasn't supposed to be a positional advantage. I mean, this dude, three more points per game than the running back two, six more points per game than the running back three on the season. I mean, that is, inc- that is incredible. We just talked about B. John Robinson at 1,500 total yards. Christian McCaffrey averaged 10 more fantasy points per game than B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson this season was closer in points per game to Kevin Harris of the New England ah. Patriots than he was to Christian McCaffrey. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Harris played four games at 16 carries for 65 yards and he had a touchdown. Yeah, I, you know, everyone talks about Christian McCaffrey's 2019 season, right? Where the fact that he yeah. had was it like 1400 rushing yards over a thousand yards receiving. He had over a hundred receptions, right? Like that was, that was like the fantasy season for all record books. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey might have two like season finishes in like the top five of all time. Like this season was special. It was something that I think we've been kind of waiting to see from a running back over Mm -hmm. at least since 2019. I'll call it. I mean, we've had some good, you know, running backs here and there, you know, we had JT's year before he got hurt and, and all that kind of stuff. 
this season for McCaffrey was otherworldly. And yeah. I feel bad for Tyreek and I feel bad for CeeDee Lamb because both were also phenomenal in their own rights. Mm-hmm. But just Kyle Shanahan said, Yo, you know what? <laughs> you know what? We're going to give Christian McCaffrey the ball 350 times this season, and he's going to be the most efficient runner with those touches. Yeah, 5.4 yards per carry, 8.4 yards per reception. I mean, he's in the top top 1% of each you know, each of those categories. Point, point 0.1%. <laughs> and then you add another 21 touchdowns. You know, it's just... The dude was phenomenal. They leaned on him constantly. People had worries about Elijah Mitchell coming into the year. Um, you know, he's been he's been the guy I've ranked as my running back one since we started this every single year. I'll rank him as my running back one again next year. He's he's a, he's got a guy I'm going to for sure, you know, ride or die on. Um, if, if he falls off, you know what? I'll take that L, but I'm going to really go um you know, try to get Christian McCaffrey on my team. But yeah, we talk about CD Lamb. We talk about Tyreek Hill. 23.7 fantasy points per game from CD Lamb, the wide receiver one overall in points per game and four um, and 23.5 points per game um, from Tyreek Hill. CD Lamb was the only position player in PPR formats to finish with over 400 total points because Christian McCaffrey missed that last game. Um, I do think Christian McCaffrey, if he doesn't get hurt in that last game, week 17, uh, you know, He's probably putting up another 10 points. He's probably increasing that to close to 25 fantasy points per game. Uh-huh. But, man, you look at CeeDee Lamb, just wild, 135 receptions. He was closing on that Mike Thomas number. It was. Um, Cooper Cup number, um, not quite there, but getting close. 181 targets, 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns, had another 130, 113 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Tyreek Hill, 120, 119 receptions, 171 targets, 18 or 1,799 yards, excuse me, and 13 touchdowns. I mean, those those two guys were they were unbelievable. And like Christian McCaffrey, they really separated themselves from the pack. Um, I think you could make an argument for any of these three guys to be fantasy MVP. I think the reason it's Christian McCaffrey is just because of the fact that the rest of the running backs were not nearly as good as I think the rest of the wide receivers were this season. You do need to give me a follow on Twitter because uh, on October 21st and 9.19 a.m. on the X, I tweeted out, today is a great day to go trade for C.D. Lamb at whatever the price. And just so we can put timelines in place and stuff, October 21st, week seven, they were on by immediately after that. No finish lower than 16 fantasy points. Every single finish except for one was top 16 rest of the season. The dude was otherworldly second half of the season. And uh, it's only, you know, he, if he had done this at the beginning of the season, I think it's much closer in the vote. If Tyreek doesn't get hurt, I think it's much closer of a vote. But because McCaffrey did it for the entire season, that's why he ran away with it. But I, I just mentioned the CD Lamb. I mentioned Tyreek Hill because they cannot be underappreciated enough as well. Uh, let me read you weeks 8 to 18 CD Lamb stats. So this is 11 weeks, 101 receptions, 139 targets, 1,200 yards. He had 11 touchdowns, 28.5 fantasy points per game. He was averaging seven more fantasy points per game than Tyreek Hill, who was the wide receiver two in that stretch. 
That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, Mike McCarthy, you are next on my list of most hated coaches because, yeah, we want to run the ball more, and then here you are just feeding CeeDee Lamb like no tomorrow. (laughs) The next closest, so he had 101 receptions. The next closest player in receptions was Amon Ross St. Brown with 68. He had 33 more receptions than the next closest guy over that last 11 weeks. That's just insane. And I think CD has earned himself fully to be put in that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson category, right? Uh, yeah, but he's not better than them, but he, he's in the conversation. I think he's in that category, at least at this yeah. point. Tyreek Hill as well, um, from a redraft perspective, obviously in there too, but... Man, that wraps up our fantasy awards. Um, we can recap them here real quick for you. Biggest bust, Austin Eckler. Biggest steal, Raheem Moster. Waiver wire pickup, Kyron Williams. Surprise of the year, Kyron Williams. Rookie of the year, Puka Nakua. And fantasy MVP, Christian McCaffrey. Ty, was there any anything that surprised you? Or were you pretty much with the consensus on this one? I was pretty much with the consensus. And I think my biggest takeaway really is like the amount of young players that we talked about Mm -hmm. rookies, sophomores, we had an overabundance of rookie surges at the end of the year. And uh, that's what makes fantasy football so much fun for us, at least right. When we get into dynasty content, talking about the NFL draft, we could be talking about the next fantasy superstar, right? Bijan was supposed to be the guy this year. He didn't necessarily live up to that kind of hype, but he was still pretty good. Right. Jameer Gibbs, right all these young players have something to offer your fantasy teams. And, uh, but then you've got the old heads, right? You've got, uh, yeah, Raheem Mostert, Mike Evans, you've got CMC, CD Tyreek, right? This was just a very good year for fantasy football in general. I think for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't have much else to add. We've you know been saying that Ty's got a video coming on Wednesday. I got one coming on Friday. We got another podcast coming. We're gonna have content for you guys for the rest of the season. Um, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, turn those notifications, make sure you're hitting that audio podcast. Um, all of our socials, we're gonna have short form content coming out for you guys as well. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us this season. We hope you won the championship. We hope you had some of these guys on your team, except for Austin Eckler. Um <laughs> but yeah. With that, we will see you guys on Thursday. Ty will see you guys tomorrow, but deuces. Deuces.